Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New Orleans Saints. This is the Saints Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Here's your host, Ryan O'Leary and Saints Wire editor, John Siegler. Hey there, welcome into the show. Week 18 of the regular season. We've reached the end, John. And we're not dead yet, are we? Can't say the same for 14 other teams across the NFL. And for the Saints, I'll take it in this crazy-ass year, man, right? I'm taking it for the Saints. For everything this team has dealt with after all the after all the COVID issues, after all the, the bad calls against them, you know, to, to be competitive in Week 18 with a an opportunity to get into the playoffs, beat one of those 14 teams that has been eliminated from playoff contention in the sad, sorry Atlanta Falcons, I, I think this is fantastic. Really hopeful that the Saints show up on Sunday and see if we can keep the season going just a little longer. Absolutely. We'll be talking about it. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of scenarios that have to go the Saints' way. Uh, just a quick reminder that you can find us wherever you get your podcast. Just search for The Saints Wire. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Nothing pretty here in in this past week, John, but the Saints got the job done against the Panthers, get to 8-8. Eight and eight. So a couple days later, I'm scrolling through Saints Wire, and I see this headline. Believe it or not, the Saints have a path to the Super Bowl. So obviously I see that headline. I got to get a nice big cup of coffee and, and get into this article, John. Uh, it, so... We're not just talking about getting into the playoffs and there are things that need to go the Saints way here just to get in. We're talking about Super Bowl with this team, right? And I, I got to be honest, when I clicked on the, the article, I was skeptical. And then when I was finished reading it, I'm like, holy crap, this could happen. Yeah, it's a, re- it's a surprisingly realistic scenario. You know, I was, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, the further, the further I took it, the more plausible it seemed. So the only way the Saints get into the playoffs is if they beat the Falcons and if the Rams beat the 49ers. That, that's the only scenario in which the Saints reach postseason. If that happens, the only team, the only possible team the Saints could play, because they would be the seventh seed, would be the, the Rams as the number two seed. And that, that so if that, that's the only way it can happen. And if it does, that's who they have, they have to play. They need the Rams to beat the Niners so that the Saints can go beat the Rams. If the Saints beat the Rams in L.A., all tasks, bear with me here, they advance to go face Green Bay in, in the divisional round, a Green Bay team that they've already beaten this year, a, quarter, a quarterback that they've already humbled this year. To me, that that's a very winnable game for New Orleans still. And so – if you if you win that, then you you see whoever the whoever the the highest rated uh, remaining seed is, and it could very well be the, the uh, three seed uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so so Tom Brady does not want to no not a chance. And that's all, and that ends up being all that's between New Orleans and another Super Bowl. So it's kind of a long shot. You got to get in, into the dance first. You got you got to possibly get a uh, maybe fluky win in, in Los Angeles. Uh, but I love the way this gets set up for the same if they can get into if they if they can get into the building. Could you imagine Tom Brady? You know, he he wins. He gets back to the NFC Championship game. He he starts to he heads to the office on Monday to start preparing. It's it's the Saints. He would just be like, "You gotta, you gotta be." I can't believe this. You gotta be kidding me with this team. Not again. Not again. Not the Saints. He would hate that. I would love it. You know, he, he would love he, it. He, yeah. would, he, he would be be uh, seeing ghosts around every corner. Oh he, he would have a CJ Gardner Johnson to still in his head. Um, it, it, it was fantastic. I, I would love it. Yeah, so we're Rams fans as well as Saints fans this week. So if this works out, and on paper it does seem very doable, right? I mean, you look on the other side, on the other conference, the Steelers, for instance, they need some crazy scenarios to play out. Like they need to beat the Ravens, and they also need Jacksonville to beat the Colts, which is just not going to happen. So really, they don't have a realistic chance of getting in, I don't think. 
But you look in the Saints situation, Rams beating San Francisco, they're favored to do so. Like, it's in L.A. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I that could easily happen. I like the Saints as well to beat this Falcons team. We'll get into that matchup a little bit here coming up. But Saints-Rams, if that's how it plays out in the first round of the playoffs, I kind of like it. I kind of like I think the Rams have been a little overrated. I know they have a good record. Uh, but, you know, I thought when they traded for Matt Stafford, I always thought that they were a little bit, you know, they were getting a little bit too much love. You know what I mean? I just don't think, I don't think Stafford's that good. Every time I flip on a Rams game, it seems like Stafford's throwing a pick six, right? It just seems, I don't know how many he's thrown. It's got to be like three or four this year. Easy. He had two and one half, I think. So it's like, it's four or five, whatever it is. I could see a Matt Stafford meltdown against a good Saints team. And I also don't think SoFi is that hard of a place to play, to, to go travel to and play. So I, I would love, I would love that matchup for the Saints. I think, Rams give them to me in LA and I would love the Saints chances yeah Stafford is kind of a mistake prone quarterback that he's thrown six interceptions in his last three games he's been sacked five times he's fumbled twice um that, that's a matchup that a, a a healthy Saints defense firing on all cylinders they, they could really take over so it's, it's really exciting to think about but at the same time we don't want to put the, the uh, horse or the cart before the horse too much because we, we do have to knock off these Falcons uh, just to get into the dance yeah, no doubt. And for the Saints to get into the playoffs, to make any kind of run, I kind of feel like we got we could look at that Tampa Bay team last season as like a good blueprint, right? The Saints would have to go on the road just like Tampa Bay did last year. They'd have to win games, I think, with their defense. Uh, their defense would have to get hot and just dominate, which I think we're, we're saying. I mean, the Panthers are horrible, but I think we saw the recipe, right? Sack the quarterback seven times, force turnovers, get off the field on third down, limit the scoring opportunities. Uh, you know, We saw Shaq Barrett for Tampa Bay just go off in last year's playoffs. A lot of guys on the Tampa Bay defense did as they made their run. Why not the Saints, right? I think if it's going to happen for the Saints, it's going to be guys like Cam Jordan, who had three and a half sacks all by himself against Carolina, and other guys on this defense just stepping up and just completely dominating and shutting teams down because you were writing on Saints Wire, John, you're, you're not sure if this offense could even get to 20, right? I mean, you know, you got them at like 17 or 18 a game. Yeah, yeah, they, they, the Saints have scored 30 points combined over their last three games. So that includes this Dolphins game with, with a big fat asterisk next to it with all the COVID issues right, in right. book. Uh, but still, you know, 30 points in 12 quarters, is uh, that's not, not ideal. One team that you don't want to face in the playoffs, Philly, right? That was one team that you said you want no part of that team. Yeah, Philly and Arizona would be the teams I would least want to see. Um, in any of these teams with a mobile quarterback, we've seen the Saints have issues defending those that, that style of play. Um, we've seen the, the Saints have trouble defending uh, Philly's uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, that has been a really tough matchup for them. I, I don't want to see it. So yeah, ne- neither of those w- w- I, I would like, or both of those I would like to pass on. So um, you know, I, I like the Saints' chances against some of these teams, but those two would probably be at the top of the list. Well, look at me. I keep getting ahead of myself. John keeps telling me to focus on Atlanta. I keep thinking about the playoffs. But again, I, I read this article, John, and it felt real to me. It felt very doable. Uh, so uh, that's really that's a lot of fun. We'll keep picking our way at it. Uh, we'll get into this matchup with the Falcons here coming up next. But first, our questions of the week. Stick with us. This is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. To week 18 of the fantasy football season, I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays in case you're still in the championship hunt. 
Quarterback Sam Darnold, Carolina Panthers at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Risky for sure, but he has some weapons left in the passing game, and the Buccaneers have given up plenty of fantasy points to the position in the 2021 season. Eight quarterbacks have gone over the 20-point mark, and while Darnold barely managed half of that in Week 16, he faces a Tampa defense for the second time that may take an opportunity to get a little healthier before the more important work begins. Running back Deontay Foreman, Tennessee Titans at Houston Texans. Foreman should be a fixture in lineups, provided Derrick Henry doesn't return. And he's still useful as a flex, even if Henry does come back. The Texans have given up the most fantasy points per game to running backs in the last five weeks, and the third most on the year. No team has permitted touchdowns at a higher frequency, and this is the number two matchup for rushing yards per game since week 12. Wide receiver Cyril Grayson, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Carolina Panthers. Thrust into increased playing time due to injury, among other predictable outcomes, Grayson has been explosive each and every time he's been granted a chance to show it. In week 8 versus the New Orleans Saints, he housed his only target on a 50-yarder. In the past two games, he has 11 targets, turning them into 9 receptions for 162 yards and a score. Tom Brady will play in this one, and the bizarre ending to Antonio Brown's career as a Buccaneer opens the door for Grayson to see at least a half dozen targets versus a Carolina secondary that's banged up and has given up a ton of PPR points in recent weeks. Tight end Hunter Henry, New England Patriots at Miami Dolphins. In the last five weeks, Henry has scored twice, both coming in Week 15's 25.7 point outburst against an Indianapolis defense that struggles versus tight ends. He has no more than three catches for 37 yards in any of the other matchups in that time, and he managed just 31 yards on three grabs in Week 1 versus Miami. In fairness, that was his first game with New England, and it was quarterback Mac Jones's NFL debut. Miami has allowed two scores to the position in the last four games, coming at the eighth highest frequency and this is the 10th best opponent to face for yards per game since week 12. The fun doesn't stop at the huddle. Be sure to check us out at thehuddle.com for more award-winning fantasy football tips, news, and advice. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, so our questions of the week. Three questions for John. He's completely in the dark on these. And uh, here's question number one. I think you might enjoy this one, John. Uh, finish this sentence for me however you'd like. Antonio Brown's half-naked exit during the Bucks jets game on Sunday was? Uh, on brand. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, he, he's done a lot to deteriorate uh, Bruce Arians' reputation as, for, for saying when they brought him in, that, well, it's one strike and he's out. And now it, we're on like the nine first strike, it feels <laughs> like. So to see him just, just lose it in that, that sideline confrontation with that, I think it was Mike Evans was trying to calm him down. We saw, and then he, he, he just started shaking his head, taking his gear off and dogs off the field and into an Uber. So it, it was very bizarre. But Antonio Brown is, you know, he, it's a pattern with him uh, going back to college. I mean, he fell in the draft because of character concerns coming out of uh, Central Michigan. He, he showed us behind his way out of Pittsburgh and, uh, out of out of Buffalo for a week and out of uh, Vegas, and so this is just who he is. I mean, he, he's he's a guy who is his own worst enemy, and you know you really hate to see someone's career probably end uh, in such a public fashion. But at the same time, I mean, we, we probably should have seen this coming from this guy. Yeah, none of us should be con- uh, surprised at all. And uh, you know, I think when I, my one word for this was uh, entertaining. I got to give AB that. That was good TV, John. Right? Like I was watching the Red Zone Channel when it happened, 
And I literally had to rewind it back like five times. It was one of those, I'm going to have to watch that one again. Kind of moments when he took off the pads, smiled, gave the deuces, did the, you know, the pump up the crowd, ran out. I was like, what is happening here? Uh, But yeah, no, just absolutely bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. But, you know, these are the things that happen to the Tampa Bay Bucks, right? This is, this is just what happens. They may not have gotten what they asked for, but they may have gotten what they deserve. <laughs> it's a great way to put it. All right. Question number two. It's a two-part question in honor of John Madden. Uh, give me your favorite team and your favorite singular player of all time to queue up in the Madden video game, John. Oh, man. So I, I hit my stride with Madden uh, right when the greatest uh, version of the game came out, 2004, Michael yep. Vick. Yep. A great equalizer. I, 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 was, I was awful at Madden as a kid. Um, and so, so having a skill set like, like uh, Vic did that year, uh, that that was big for me. You know, that 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 won me a lot of quarters after school, and uh, that that was a good that was a good that, that was a good time. So that that would have to be my pick here. There was nothing like doing the uh, fifteen step drop and then scrambling, right? I mean, that was just that's just what it was. I think if I had to pick my favorite team, this won't surprise you at all, John. I think my favorite team might have been the Patriots in Madden '09. Um, that was when nah. I think Tom Brady and Randy Moss had the '99 rating, and you just couldn't. It was unstoppable. Brady to Moss. You just couldn't yep. stop that. And the defense was no slouch, too. So it wasn't like you were giving up anything on the back end. I wouldn't say it was unstoppable. The Giants did, but uh, that's, <laughs> that's real life, John. No, and, that, and that's off limits. That's off limits. I can't talk about 07 or what, 2011? Yeah, those are both off limits. Okay, now, now we got to move on. Now we got to move on. Question number three. Um, with all things being equal and everyone being healthy again for the Saints, and I know that's a giant hypothetical, but let's just play with me here. Buy or okay. sell Marquez Callaway as a starting receiver in 2022? Um, I don't know, man. Uh, so it would it would be him, Dante, at the number two. Um, if we just wave the magic wand, get everybody back to full strength. Uh, Mike Thomas is obviously number one. Uh, Callaway at the two, um, possibly, just because he has seen higher snap counts than uh, Deontay Harris. He's seen more uh, targets per game than Deontay Harris. He's much more of a conventional um, you know, flanker receiver for, for the Saints. And so that, that wouldn't be too shocking, I think. Um, now, speaking personally, I really hope that's not the case. I, I really want to see the Saints add some receivers, add a number two, add a number three, um, just really reload that position group and then see what the pecking order develops into in training camp. So in my perfect world, the Saints would, would find a way to, you know, get Mike Thomas healthy, get everybody back in for 2022, and then make some upgrades. So the Callaway, you know, he's not – the number two he's more like a like a maybe a number three where he's, he's facing opponents the number three corners instead of the number one or the number two so get him in some more advantages matchups that's what i want to see uh, but with the way that the depth chart is stacked up right now knowing who they have under contract next season i think that's probably where where we're at you know here in early january yeah that that makes a lot of sense i mean they could easily go out and find uh help at wide receiver which you know i think callaway as a number three would be would be really nice I just got to say, I, I kind of like him this year. I think he's held his own in a kind of a tough situation, you know, being thrusted in, into being the number one guy when he's not ready for that, obviously. And in a year where the Saints, John, have had guys in and out of the lineup for like every reason under the sun, including a quarterback and, you know, the guy throwing him the ball, Callaway, he's played it all 16 games, right? He hasn't missed any time. So uh, I think that's a, that's a nice little stat for him, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was really skeptical uh, skeptical about Callaway going into the season, just kind of looking back at his rookie year, how, how he was winning, what, how he was being used. And the guy has got 698 receiving yards going into the uh, regular season finale. He, he's going to finish the year with over 700. That, that's really impressive for a second-year undrafted player. Um, 
who was not really featured often as, as a rookie. So uh, big ups to him. I hope the Saints were able to build their team moving forward in a way to where he can really play his best football in some really advantageous uh, situations. Yeah, pretty good season. I know everybody had him going for like 2,000 yards and uh, 20 touchdowns after the preseason, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think 700 yards realistically for Callaway, given the quarterback situation with the Saints, pretty good. Pretty good year. Pretty good. I like him. So I hope he sticks around. All right, as John keeps telling me, we got to beat Atlanta on the road to get into the playoffs. Week 18, this game has been flexed to the late window. It's a big one. Saints are favorites. We'll tell you by how much to make a pick right after this. This is the Typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my handicap and homie Nathan Beagle to break down this week's Sunday night football game between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Chargers favored three and a half in Las Vegas. The total sitting at 49 and a half. I'm taking the three in the hook with the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are six and four against the spread as an underdog. The Chargers are four and six against the spread as a favorite. The Raiders may be getting tight end Darren Waller back and I have this game as a pick So you give me the extra three and a half points with the home underdog and a must win. I'll take the Raiders. Nate, how do you see this game playing out? I'll also be taking the Raiders. The Chargers have the third worst rush defense in the NFL and the Raiders have been forced feeding into Josh Jacobs with at least 15 carries over his last three. Give me the Raiders three and a half. Allegiant will be rocking. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See Tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, as I said before the break, Saints are big favorites to beat Atlanta on the road, John. But these games are never easy with the Falcons, as we learned earlier this year. Uh, Saints favored by four and a half on the road. How do you feel about that number? Yeah, I think that feels appropriate. Um, you know, the Falcons, they really struggled to put up points uh, last week, um, hilariously so, um, with Matt Ryan, a taunting penalty. Um, <laughs> that was special. Hey, can we talk about that for just a second? Please, I know, I know please. Yes, so, the floor is yours. So the way that played out is Matt Ryan thinks that he runs in for a touchdown on, on the Bills, and he's celebrating, and he, he gets flagged for taunting defense. Well, while the, they're taking the time to, to address the taunting foul there, they go back and review the scoring play, and they see that he actually had a knee down at the one-yard line. So they slap the taunting yardage on top of that, take the touchdown off the board, ends up costing them points, costing them the game. Uh, just a fantastic sequence of events there for just a, a very bad, um, horrible football team. Look, looking at the same Falcons uh, spread, looking at the over-under, um, I, I like the Saints here. I feel like it's appropriate to say that they'll, they'll win by more than a field goal. Um it's not, it may not be because they're putting up a lot of points. Like I said earlier, the Saints have scored 30 in their last three games put together. Uh, but I just don't know that Atlanta can you know, manufacture points. You know, this, It's really just Cordero Patterson. Kyle Pitts was banged up. We'll see if he can play. Um, if the Saints defense can show up and, and smother them as well as they did the Panthers a week, uh, this past week, I, I, think, I think this is a very favorable game for New Orleans. I think they should, they should put it away pretty quickly. I do enjoy you your commentary on any NFC South opponent, John. You always give very, very honest feedback on these teams and these players. 
Yeah, I actually had a different take on that, Ryan. I was watching that game a little bit. I was watching the Red Zone channel, like I said, so I was kind of watching all the games. And uh, Matt Ryan, early on, they showed him on the bench. He's sitting there with the big puffy jacket. It's like windy and snowy there in Buffalo. And I'm just like, Matt Ryan doesn't want to be out there. Look at this guy. He's like, he's ready. He's ready for this freaking season to be over. And then he showed he showed a little juice after that look at what he thought was a touchdown run. I actually had to give Matt some props. I'm like, all right, you proved me wrong, Matt. You want to be here, you know, man. Matty Ice is back. He still he still wants to finish the season. That's a that's not a bad sign for the Saints. You don't think? It might be, but you know, just look, <laughs> these NFC South rivalry games. They're they're the closest we get to like a hundred year old SEC rivalry that will that yeah. we'll see. It's not it's not quite the Iron Bowl or any or, or even the Egg Bowl, but it, it's it's comparable. And so. I do think that Matt Ryan's going to get up for this game. I think his teammates will. Um, very familiar opponent for both for both sides. But I keep coming back to Matt Ryan against the Saints defense and against Cameron Jordan specifically. My, my favorite stat in the NFL is that Cameron Jordan has sacked Matt Ryan more times than any other defender has ever sacked another single quarterback. It's 22 times in Cam Jordan's career. And – that is just so impressive to me. And I look at that line. He, he was sacked five times, lost a fumble to Buffalo. So he, he, he's vulnerable. Um, he, he is susceptible to you know, getting sacked, getting pressured. And the same defense seems to, be, he seems to be keeping up at the right time, really taking it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think if I'm betting the game, I'm looking at the under 39 and a half. We talked about it last week. Saints under. Uh, that streak has continued, John. They've now hit in six consecutive games. And it's because, like you're saying, the the Saints defense is dominating and they've been excellent at limiting the opposition scoring and uh, also the offense is uh, kicking a lot of field goals. Right, So they're getting down there and they're kicking field goals. And if you take out Ian Book's uh, pick six against Miami, the Saints have allowed 7.6 points per game over the last three weeks, which over that span is by far the best in the NFL. It's the best by like a touchdown. There's no team that's shutting down opponents like the Saints defense is right now lately in the last three weeks. So the over-under in this one, the total is 39.5. That's a low number. But I actually, I really do like the under. I like that streak to continue. Yeah, me too. And, you know, looking at last week again, uh, the Saints, they only scored 18 and only scored 15. So I don't think either of them are really going to improve on that too much. Um, I feel like it's going to be another low-scoring game. But, it, you know, one touchdown might decide it. I mean, it, it could very easily be another 18-10 to 10 result just like we saw against Carolina. So, I'm eager to see it. I'm eager to see the Falcons um, take another L on, on the season, and uh, hopefully the Saints season can continue if they can get some help from L.A. Love it. So, uh, like we said earlier, Saints-Falcons was flexed to the uh, late Sunday window, kicking off at the same time as 49ers-Rams, John. Get, get the uh, the Saints-Falcons Saints, Saints uh, game on one TV, get red zone on the other. Yep. It should, should be a fun one. I'm sure there will be plenty of school board watching going on, and uh, – I just wish it were in New Orleans so we could see some fun uh, uh, graphics up on the big up on the, the jumbo truck. Fortunately, it's in Atlanta, and it, it is a great soccer venue. Maybe they can get creative. <laughs> ah, the subtle digs, the subtle digs keep coming from John Sigler. Uh, all right, always fun talking football with you, John. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, we're talking playoffs. Go Saints, go Rams. We'll catch you all next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.